I'm Catherine Budick. And I'm Kate Fagan. And this is Free Cookies, a humorous podcast filled with thoughtful conversations and offering delicious takeaways. And we have an announcement at the top of today's show. We have good news and we have bad news. Give us the bad news first. The bad news. Well, we're assuming it's bad because we're assuming you like listening to this show. The bad news is that this is indeed the end of season two. Dun, dun, dun. Was that the right noise that I made? Yeah, that works. Dun, dun, dun. We can go with it. Okay. But the good news is? The good news is that there's one full more episode today. We're getting married. Did, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I knew that. I had, to, I, had to, I had to pretend as if I didn't remember that we were getting married. This is good news for us, especially for me. I don't know if it's good it's news for good the news listeners. for me. <laughs> okay. So we're getting married next week, which I think is a legitimate reason to not do an episode. That is a legitimate reason to not do an episode. What are the other reasons you cannot do an episode? A hurricane. A hurricane, which vacation. Having a baby, which is also We are relevant. not pregnant. But our producer is Lindsay very Collins, pregnant. Is very pregnant. You you can start saying that you're very pregnant in your last trimester. That's what I, that, those are, that's what I think really, is very I feel like pregnant. you can say whatever the hell you want when you're pregnant at any given no, moment no. or time. No, <laughs> in the last trimester is when you get the full pass for anything. Says the woman who's never been pregnant. Before that, it's like you get exemptions on like 80% of things and then it's 90 and then the last trimester is 100% exemptions. <laughs> so Lindsay is having a baby in addition to us getting married. So but she's still producing her own podcast, by the way. So if you guys miss us, you can... Head over to Lindsay's podcast, which is F&B Radio. She's producing a child and a podcast <laughs> all at the same time. So that felt like a natural breaking point for season two. Yes. And there is a third component, and I'm going to be that jerk who says, but we can't tell you what it is. But it's the truth. We have a project that we're working on with Free Cookies that's in an incubator and it's getting rotated. All the little chicky eggs are getting perfectly toasted. So Is that what happens in an incubator? They get perfectly toasted. You got to stay on top of your eggs if you want them to hatch. And you flip them. Yeah. But we have something cool that we're baking up for you. So on today's show, we are going to break down what, well, e- what each of us is excited about and maybe nervous for when it comes to this idea of... Mowage. Mowage. I've never really like been a Princess Bride person, but I remember that's from Princess Bride, right? Okay. Okay. But first, but first, you have to praise me for doing know, the but I'm first. I'm still processing the Princess Bride comment. Okay. That's only my favorite movie that's ever existed. And I didn't say I didn't like it. Yeah, you weren't exactly team Princess Bride. Okay, do you even know what happens after Mowage? Here's what I know about Princess Bride. I'm going to actually break it down for you. When someone says Princess Bride, I think three things. Marriage, eels, and poison. Not in that order. Don't know why I think those things. Those are all three. Those are very three integral scenes in the movie. But I really could Which is based on a book by William Goldman, by the way. Which is based on a poem. Which is based on a tale told long ago. And then no. it got turned into a poem, then it got turned into a book, and then it got turned into a movie. And no, pretty it's soon, it's just a comedic it novel. It will be Kate, a new when series from seriously. Wow. Um, <laughs> if I had to tell you what Princess Bride was about, I couldn't. I would tell you. There's still time to not get married. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you that there. It's just. A, it's a woman, and she has a series of obstacles she's encountering, 
And I, I don't know why she's going through these obstacles. It's almost like she, in my mind, she's outside her castle. And maybe the prince is there. Yeah, because it's that dude. What's that dude's name, that actor? Leslie. No, 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 no. Wesley's name of the character. Um, but who, who, anyway. Ellis. This can't, Carrie Ellis. Carrie Ellis. He's there too, but for some reason they're like stuck outside of the castle and it's like they have all of these tricks that they have to get through. I feel like if anyone's listening to this podcast who feels the same way about Princess Bride that you've probably pulled off on the side of the road and like gotten out of your car and thrown something by now. So I should see, so I should watch it. I think we should probably nah, It's too dated it. now. I feel like it, oh, some things have their moment. And if you try to get me to love something after the moment of it being amazing, I think you don't really get the same vibe. I feel this way about The Big Lebowski as well. We've talked about this. The Big Lebowski. Did you seriously just compare Princess Bride to The Big no, Lebowski? No, the only overlap that I see <laughs> is that a year ago, a bunch of people in the sports world were telling me Big Lebowski is amazing. You you actually probably were too. And you have to see it. And then I went back and watched it. And I was like, it to is. some degree... It's not just a product of its time because I see there are pieces of it that transcend and, is, and are timeless. But if I really want to be about The Big Lebowski, I need to have seen it. And then it would be timeless. But for me to parachute in on The Big Lebowski now... Or you just need to play The Big Lebowski game where every single time he drinks a white Russian, you have a white Russian. Every time he has a shot, you take a shot. Every time he takes a hit, you take a hit. And then you'll just think the movie's fabulous about five minutes in. So the reason that I say that is because I think Princess Bride would leave me with the same feeling. That if I didn't see it in its time, that I might be a little judgmental of it outside of its time. These are very, very. This is not what we came to talk about today. Very big assumptions. This is not what we came to podcast you about today. You didn't even mention Mandy Patinkin. I can't believe all. You this. mean the Homeland guy? Yeah, oh, he's the Homeland guy. Everybody, everybody knows him. Even people guy. who saw no, and loved he was Princess the Homeland Bride. Guy, he was in Nego Montoya. Yeah, but but even people who love Princess Bride are like, oh, he's the Homeland guy. No, people who are Princess Bride will always think of Manny Batinkin from Princess Bride because his name is Inigo Mandoyo. You kill my father, prepare to die. Saul. And that is how that works. And Saul. he's not left-handed. Saul. Okay, little fucking grammar Nazi. You were, you're, no, Saul. I was, I'm not a grammar Nazi. I'm saying his name in Homeland is Saul. Oh. What did you think I said? I don't know. I thought you were correcting something I said incorrectly. Saul. 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 <laughs> what, what correction is that? Something you would do. <laughs> okay, we came to podcast today. One, we will get to it. We wanted to deconstruct how we're feeling about the concept of getting married. Oh, married, and that's how we get off on The Princess Bride. But we did also want to fix a couple things from last week, which is when I mentioned that Ashi is an asshole. A lot of people want to know why Ashi is an asshole. And look, <laughs> Ashi Budig is 12. She's a puggle. She's half beagle, half pug. She weighs about 25 pounds. She's Full got asshole. a little curly tail. She's, <laughs> she's obstinate. She's the obstinate puggle. From the second she came into my life as a little baby bean, she has always known exactly what she wants. Exactly. She's a narcissist. She's not a narcissist. She's obstinate. She would have done well in the Revolutionary War. Wait, what? How? Because there's a restaurant in Charleston called The Obstinate Daughter, and I think it has something to do with the Revolutionary okay, War. Okay, it does. It does. <laughs> that There are parts of America that were obstinate to the British authorities, and that turned out well for America. She would have won I don't know. a do-rag, and she would have been like, flex. <laughs> yes. So Ashi is an asshole, and that's okay. But do you want to explain, maybe give an example? 
I've never met a dog. I, I think the listeners are not happy with you calling Ashy. I feel like calling a dog an asshole is equivalent to killing a dog in a movie. Like when a producer or director or the script writer kills a dog in a movie, people are just like, that was uncalled for. Yeah, so explain There's yourself. no reason to do that. Explain yourself. <laughs> well, okay. Number one on the list of reasons that Ashi is an asshole is that she doesn't like to be pet, cuddled, near you. And she's a, she's a puggle, so she's a companion dog. Now, Technically the, 50% so she's a, companion dog. She's a flawed bill of goods. Like, we got sold a bill of goods. with Companion dog. Companion dog is like, they, they cuddle you on the couch while you watch Netflix. And they kind of want to be on your lap sometimes. Ashi, it is as if when you have Ashi near you, she honestly starts to pant. If you trap her and you hold her close, it's she true. starts she to pant. She does get a little overheated and stressed out. Right. And she, and but she, she might just have a high internal body temperature. Okay, whatever. That's one reason is that she's a companion dog who wants to be near you but not too close. And there are but times when that's very sad. she will follow you from room to room to room. She absolutely wants to be in our company and up on what's happening. So it's not like she doesn't care. Yeah. She just doesn't want to be in our lap. Okay, the other reason is that she doesn't listen to anything. That's I've true. So I've never met a dog who like, and I know this doesn't work, but when you're like, come, Ashi, come, Ashi, come, Ashi! <laughs> like none of it works to the point where when you let her out back, and I'm sorry, but she eats her own poop as well. And Knew so you were gonna go there. when you let her out back to go to the bathroom at night, you don't care anymore. You've accepted- I've had 12 years of it. You've accepted that Ashi eats her own poop and I haven't yet. And so when I let her out back, and after it's been a certain amount of time, I know what she's doing out there. And I scream at her and I scream at her. And then it's like, you know, midnight and I have to go out back and sh- like still won't listen. Even when you do the thing where you like, you, you know, you get, you run at the dog, you know, run at them, but you're like, come on, you get inside. And then they scamper. Ashi doesn't do that until you like physically get up there and like smack her little booty to get her back inside. And so I think that's an asshole move. But I would just like to point out on the flip side as the human who gets to experience the situation while Kate is full blown freaking out on Ashi. Yeah, why don't you that, why don't you give us why don't you actually break it down how it happens? I am gonna break it down how it happens. Well, I don't need to because you just did. But what also happens is we have neighbors that live next to us and it can be eleven thirty at night and the back door is open and Kate is screaming profanities at Ashi and screaming things like, Why do you eat your own poop? <laughs> at the top of her lungs. And Ashi doesn't understand English, and who gets to be the recipient of all of this sound besides our neighbors? That's right, me. I get all of that angst that you start to deal with. Okay, but can we acknowledge, though, that... Me? I, I know that I'm saying Ashi's an asshole. You know I adore Ashi. And I, I think it's also true that, like, when I act like I'm, like, really mad at her. Have you ever really been, have you ever seen me and you, like, really think I'm mad at Ashi? I'm not worried that you're legit going to throttle her or anything, but you do reach a volume that is impressive on yeah, a regular basis. Yeah, but that's basis. more for the performance of it now that we all know this happens, The performance right? for you? Well, it's a thing now. When because you I'm can't the one who has to deal with the stress level. Ashi clearly doesn't care. Yeah, Ashi doesn't care. So I feel like I am being punished for having an obstinate puggle. Well, we have an obstinate puggle. The oh, obstinate. now it's we. She also chooses very deliberately well, when to say is... your dog versus our dog. Oh, this marriage is going to be great. <laughs> no, but I think that at this point, I've been portrayed poorly in this conversation. And I'm a little bit concerned I, that I, I'm why like the screenwriter that... who wrote a, Killing a Dog into the script now. Like, I am now the asshole who thinks a dog is an asshole and dogs can't be assholes. 
And no matter what I say, and you, we even talk about, oh, she's like a little human. And so there are times when like, I think she knows that I don't want to eat her, her to eat her own poop. And she's out there and constantly thinking like, oh, mama, mama, Julia, I'm going to fuck her up. Like, that's what I think is happening out that there. That she's purposely going out there. I don't really think that, but sometimes when I get Just to see up. what level she can get you to. Okay. We should probably leave that there. But I think that's an adequate explanation for why Ashi the asshole is, has that nickname. Indeed, the asshole. <laughs> which I will stick with the obstinate puggle. Let's talk about getting married, though. Okay, so we're getting married in 10 days. Next week. Let me start here, actually. Okay. Why do you think, why do you think we should get married? <laughs> so I, I don't mean our compatibility as much as the actual act of marriage. Well, that's a really complicated question for me because to, there's a big difference between being in love with someone and wanting to marry someone in my mind. And Can I've you been, break that I, down? Yeah. I mean, I've been married before. To me you know, being in love is romantic and marriage is a contract. And my, I, my mic just went wah, 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 wah. I, and I'm not saying that a marriage can't be romantic, obviously the ceremony and the exchanging of the vows, but that's all spiritual and romantic and amazing and beautiful. The actual signing of the contract that calls us wife and wife in society and that we will be viewed legally in that way like that to me is a legal construct i ultimately think the concept of marriage is completely outdated i'm not <laughs> what i'm just giving you space i I'm ju i just i am excited to call you my wife i'm excited to be legally protected as two women who want to have a family together and live a life together and we deserve every single legal right that a heterosexual couple deserves. And in that sense, it's very important to me that we get married. But I would not need a contract to prove that I want to spend the rest of my life with Why you. do you want to sign a contract with me? Because I want to protect our rights. So do you think that if I was a man and you'd gotten into a relationship with a guy after having been previously married, do you think you would get married again if you weren't concerned about the... Maybe. Issues that could be at play in terms of being maybe not two women maybe not honestly, I, I would not have been in a rush at all if I'd been marrying a man. Have you been in a rush with me? No, but you and I want to start a family, and I want to make sure that the world like won't fuck with that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm already a protective mama, and I just I want. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's like all bad situations. Like if something bad happens, like I want to be able to go into the ER room because that's my wife. And I don't want anyone doing any weird, like, that's not okay. You guys are just friends kind of crap. That makes sense. Do you think that I should be upset? No. Okay. Doesn't mean I love you any less. Will you tell me if you love me then? I love you the most. That's why I'm going to marry you too. I'm not saying that I, I would never marry someone just for a contract. I, this, look, no, I'm okay. I like this. Uh, the, I'm not, you know that I'm not like, just because we're getting married in 10 days and like, th there's not romance in the concept of a contract doesn't mean that I don't understand specifically there's what you're There's going to be romance in our wedding. It's just the, the actual concept of marriage I don't find romantic. Yeah, and because I, I think you know that I also agree with that. Yeah. That I never grew up 
thinking about getting married. In fact, there was a time in my life where I was still dealing with I'm gay and not sure that people in my life were going to be okay with that. And the one thing I I remember actually saying this in the kitchen of my house growing up and my best friend Shauna, I believe was there too, and to my mom. And I was like, don't worry, mom, I'll never get married or anything. And some of that was just straight up homophobia because I, the concept in my mind of bringing a bunch of people together and acknowledging in front of them and then having two women, which societally... Like for, locking in the gayness of the situation? Yeah, and then even just the visual of two women, you know, whether, regardless of what they're wearing, whether it's two dresses or someone's wearing a, you know, a suit and a dress, I just, for the longest time, because I grew up not seeing any of those images, I right. was like... That just, it, it struck me. It doesn't anymore, but it used to strike me as like, oh my God, I'll never do that because I hate awkwardness. You know how I hate awkwardness. And I just projected awkwardness from our guests mm. at having to witness this. And it, this would have been in like, you know, 2005, if I'm talking about that, I, I might've said something like that. So it's not as if I had this vision of a wedding and marriage and romance that I had been cultivating since I was 10. So... I just, I know, I feel like for a second there you wanted to restart the segment. I did want to start the restart the segment. Why? Were you worried that it, it didn't start off as like romantic as it should have? No, I feel like what I'm trying to say was being misinterpreted. That's no, all. I, I, don't, I don't, I was 100% there with you. I was just joking about okay. like. It's, not, it's an uncomfortable thing to joke about. <laughs> Because we're getting married next week. <laughs> you started it. You, you asked started the question. It. And for better or worse, I'm going to tell you the truth for the rest for of our lives. For better or worse. Yeah. Well, okay. Then d- tell me, I don't know why I feel like I'm the interviewer now. You asked me a question. You've been proposed to before. Tell us about that. Oh, shit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, twice, actually. Twice? Yeah. You've only told me about one. Um, my college boyfriend who now you and I have been together longer, but used to be my longest relationship. Um, He was leaving, he graduated from Colorado because he was a few years older and he was going to medical school out of the country. It was a scary thought. It was the Caribbean where he was getting his degree (laughs) in medicine. Um, and (laughs) he gave me a ring. He, he, he gave me a ring before he left. And it was like, did he propose? Yeah, he was like, We're, I want to, let's get married. I want to get married. I don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't, it's not an engagement ring, but it's like a promise ring that we're going to get married. And what'd you say? How'd you feel? What'd you do? How, why have you never told me this? Well, I think we've talked about it briefly because no. it wasn't a full, like, it wasn't a full fledged down on one knee. Here's a, an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. It was, I'm leaving and this is hard because he was, you know, going out of the country and I was still in college and it was like, but I want to marry you. And I got you this ring to signify the desire to marry you, which was to me is a placeholder before an engagement ring. Right. But you haven't told me how you reacted to it yet. I was, I loved him. I, and I hadn't yet met um, the woman who would then make me really recontextualize what I thought I should feel about love and attraction. Mm-hmm. And so it, I was like, okay, this is great. So it was game on for you. I never really thought, it wasn't to the point where I thought I had to really deal with a wedding or an engagement. It was the step before that. And so I loved him and I wasn't going to start down the path of like, okay, but 
I don't know if I want to be married in the next however long mm-hmm. because it was, there wasn't a date on it. So I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I was 18 or 19. So, I mean, sure. I, I could happily pretend like I should have been thinking a lot more things, but I wasn't. And, and then, then it just kind of poof. Well, he was gone. Then I met a woman and I broke up with him. But you didn't tell him it was because you were in love with a woman. I did eventually. Yeah. When he came back from. Did you give him back his promise ring? It wasn't an expensive enough ring that I even remember the fate of the ring. Like, it might have been a couple hundred dollars, so I might have given it back to him, but it wasn't the kind of thing where I felt like it came in this little box and I had to be like, I have to give this back to you. Right. So, but I did get it. You did get it. She's not listening to this podcast. Oh, I, it was New Year's Eve. (laughs) Um... I don't know what it was now at this point, seven, eight years ago. And it was in LA. We were in LA. And uh, this is a bad one because she had bought like a straight up engagement ring, like specially designed. And I was actually genuinely surprised because I had talked about uh, that we should have a conversation before we ever wanted to take this next step. And she did the thing where she like got the ring out. And I'm actually proud of myself here. This is not a great reaction, but I'm actually proud of myself for not like just saying yes because I'm like overwhelmed. She got just the appearance of the ring. Oh God. I was like, no, 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 no. Like that's actually what I said. No, 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 no. And then she continued, you know, and this is actually because I tend to just want to make people happy. Yeah. So I'm actually, I mean, this is how much I knew that that was not the right decision for me. Um, that I was like, no, no. I mean, the whole time it was coming out of the, you know, being popped open. And was she just zoning you out? Was her heart breaking in front of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, you know, it was bad, obviously. We stayed together for a short time after that. uh, But, you know, that was obviously something you're going to have a hard time coming back from. As much as you can, you know, pave over it and pretend that you're. Oh, yeah, no, that's game over. I'm like, oh my god if I was proposing to someone and they were like no 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 to the point so we're okay but it's not that I don't love you it's not you it's me right um so yeah I'm but I want to marry you I that's good I did not get well and people ask us all the time what our engagement story was and we don't no, it was like a mutual understanding. It was just something that honestly, nothing about our engagement or marriage has been traditional, which I love. And we talked about, we knew that we wanted to marry each other. It was just something that we had both mutually agreed upon. And we went straight to jewelry. <laughs> yeah, there was no, and you know, put it, actually, let's hit pause there because what kind of annoys me, not about us, but every time someone asks us, Mm-hmm. They go, so Kate, how did you propose? Oh, Don't they? Assuming that you're the they quote always unquote male do that. in the relationship. And I actually get really irritated. You've, you, I mean, I've never said that before, but have you noticed people are like, or they say I, something like, so did you propose to me? Oh. They never look See, at I you. I don't know if I've heard that in front of me. Oh, it, it's happened numerous times. Oh. And no one has ever in our company gone to you, Catherine, and mm-hmm. said, so did you How propose did you, to right. Kate? How did you propose? Which is all like the more- I fucking short hair. Is that the one distinction we're making here? I know. I know. And that's all the so more anyway, reason why another- I think we've made a really concerted effort to not do anything traditional is 
it's irritating that there's this construct, and I understand that there's this construct because it's just been the way it's been for years and years and years, but it, it feels silly for us as two women to try to follow anything that has been generally set up for your traditional heterosexual couple. And even down to the, how did you propose? It's like, well, we're two humans who are in love with each other, who are adults, who decided that we want to marry each other, and so we bought each other really pretty rings that we each wanted and picked out for each other. There was no surprise. It was straight up like, this is what we want to do. And I, I know that, that may not sound like, oh my gosh, it's so romantic, but it's, I loved it. It was exactly yeah. what I wanted. And then we went and had several really good dinners and good bottles of champagne and, and kept living our life. Let's talk about the actual day, yeah. the actual wedding. So next Thursday, um, I, so there's like an overall level of excitement because I'm just, we're having all of our favorite people. It's small. It's like 30 people. I'm just giving the listeners context. I'm not telling you this, <laughs> but, and so I'm super excited and I got custom Nike Jordan ones, not from Nike, but from, a obviously, yeah, from yeah. A, a Melbourne bespoke sneaker spot so they took jordan ones and they like did a bunch of cool stuff to them which we will post on free cookies podcast on on oh, instagram of course we'll post Catherine, the shoes before we post anything else <laughs> uh that's annoying that we just did that that's actually annoying do you think Is people that? are annoyed i, I think it's know. funny I tend to want to deconstruct things I'm nervous about before just saying what I'm excited for. I mean, I'm thrilled at where we're getting married. I'm thrilled at the people we have. You know that I have tons of party anxiety. Not that ha- yeah, I have Kate tons Yeah, Kate has of- this thing where she feels like she's in charge of everyone's happiness at public events. It's a or really- maybe all the time. <laughs> well, I don't think I would go that far. But, okay. but you, you are very... It, we will be... Like, we went to one of our cousin's weddings about a month ago... And we were at the, uh, the rehearsal dinner, and you would not sit down. You would legit not sit down, because you had to check to make sure your dad was okay, and then you had to check to make sure your mom was okay, and then you had to go get a beer for someone, and then you had to... And I don't know where it comes from. But the, and that's even like a lot less than the anxiety I'll feel around our wedding, because... Mm. <laughs> and it, no, because and then it's like, I'm throwing the party. We're throwing the party. And I want it to, ha- like, I, I know how things feel when they're working. Well, at least I think I do, right? Socially wise, like, you can look around in a space and in an event and, like, you feel like you know when things are vibing. And I don't want to care about that, but I know I will care about that. And then the second thing is, like, I, I'm not very good at being vulnerable in front of people and we are writing our own vows. I know. That- I've wondered what you're going to say to me. You're not... You're very affectionate and lovey and kissy, but you're not always that way with your words. Sure. Like, it's much easier... No, 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 no. This is, this is not a, a statement of sorts. I think a lot of people will probably relate to this, is that, like, it's much easier for you to be affectionate to me almost in that, like, kind of, like, pet talk kind of way. Or physically. Or physically, like I said. Like, you're very like kissy and physically affectionate but it's not like we have a lot of we're speaking in a non-ashi voice <laughs> kind of moments together that are affectionate so it, it's and certainly not in public quote-unquote public certainly not in public. certainly not in front of people yeah so that, that that does make me but sean corn is going to marry us so we do have mama bear is going to be probably helping guide us in the correct direction 
What are you excited for and anxious about? I'm not anxious, actually. Oh. I, um, I just don't feel anxious. I'm, I don't... <laughs> the complete opposite. People... C- they better be having fun. We're taking it's our you to party. a cool spot with great food and booze. Yeah, like fucking figure what's it out to, exactly. And I got bespoke Nikes. It's there's no reason for people to not love the party that we're throwing, and it's not for them. It's for us. And this is what it goes back to at the, the beginning of the conversation: is yes, the reason that I am technically marrying you is to protect our unions as two women and as a, to pr- protect our family unit. That is the technical reason that I want to marry you. But from the emotional standpoint, like we're inviting people to witness like us professing a life together. And like this is a really beautiful, raw moment, whether or not <laughs> Kate will be able to express that. Now I don't you, know. What? <laughs> I'm no, kidding. I, I'm kidding. I said I was nervous for it, which I think is acknowledging a a, a vul- or like what oh, I think I is a vulnerability and also maybe not inferiority, but like I know that's something I struggle with. And so I will put in more work to make sure that I don't let it be something where I miss the moment. But I think we've also decided that we don't want to go on and on and on and on in our vows either, that we're trying to... Are you nervous about your vows? I was working on them this morning. While I was studying for Around the Horn? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Were you working on them in your notes app in your phone? Yes. That's funny. But I will not be reading them from my phone for the ceremony. Are you going to write them down? Yes. Were we talking about that, or was that a conversation I was having up in at ESPN the other day? That must have been at ESPN. We were talking about the wedding, and we were talking about whether we would write down our vows with Ryan Smith, who you've yes. met. And I was like, I think that it makes more sense to write things down because you I don't want the added oh pressure God. of having I to say it I think if one of us pulled perfectly. out a cell phone during the ceremony. Well, no, no, no. I mean, either <laughs> memorizing... Either that. memorizing. No, I don't think there's any need to memorize. writing down notes. Yeah. And memorizing to me feels like a tight wire act that you don't need to put yourself on. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's very performative. So. Not to say that it couldn't work out really well. But one more thing, because I feel like we've gotten very... I, I've shared more anxiety than excitement. <laughs> but the one thing that I am amazed that I actually found a human who I feel this way about, and I've used this kind of metaphor to you before, is in when it comes to you and our relationship, I've always thought of it like a starting value of 10.0, like a gymnastics routine, where I've had other relationships where I kind of knew at the start that the starting value of it, like meaning even if we did everything, you know, as well as we possibly could, Mm -hmm. even if we both communicated well, the starting value of the relationship was like a 7.5. So you're like, even if we nail this whole routine, we are going to get it a 7.5 from the judges, and that will not be enough for the gold medal. Whereas, Is this I, a surprise to anyone listening right now that Kate has quantified trying, this with numbers? I love it. And It's I, full circle for you. Yeah, and with our relationship, I, we've been together you know, long enough now that in the beginning we were like, I can't believe we'll never fight, right? I can't imagine what we'll <laughs> fight about. And we're like, well, I can name a few things. But I know deep down in my heart that we had the, the highest starting value. And that to me is what you should be aiming for when you're going to marry someone is like, it's not that you have to get the 10.0 because it's not possible. It's just simply that you know that there's enough parameters in place that if you work hard and you're willing to commit to it, that like you gave yourself the best chance at success. And I know that because you, you were the person that I never thought I would find. And 
So I did. I just didn't want the whole podcast to be all my anxieties about how I'm going <laughs> to fail and the party won't be as fun. Like I'm, th- I can't. It's crazy to me that you love me and that you're going to marry me, even if it's just for the contract. But I'm you've, really excited. You about finally it. found someone who understands your sneakers in the way that you wanted them to. And I understand your little asshole dog. No. <laughs> Just kidding, baby. I love you. (laughs) But I love you. I love you too. Okay. (laughs) That'll do it for season season two. two of Free Cookies. Season two. Don't worry, we've got the oatmeal raisin cookies in the oven already. I would like to point out to our listeners that yesterday I bought chocolate chip oatmeal cookies. And then... Because we're getting married, and that's what you do, you compromise. Oh, and then when we were watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel... True. You got the cookies out, and you ate the bites that had chocolate chips in them, and gave me the bites that had oatmeal in them. Things are looking bright for us. We have a bright future. (laughs) If that can be every compromise, you eat the things I don't like out of it and give me the best parts. It's reset. So I don't actually want to take care of the kids. I just want to go. And that's the end of season two. And I want to go to T-Ball. And we are going to be back before you know it. You can email us at freecookiespodcast at gmail.com if there's any topics you want us to cover as we're game, game planning for next season. Guests that you think would be really good for us. We will be keeping the Instagram active. That's at freecookiespodcast. So you can still feel free to hit us up there and join the conversation. We are produced by Lindsay Collins of FMB Radio. And you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever else you Spotify, get. Spotify, freecookiespodcast.com. And do you have the people who reviewed the show and you're going to shout them out or are you like zero fucks given? I'm getting married. Nope. Getting married. We're out. I'm getting married to the best person ever. Say it. Best person ever. Peace out. <laughs>